0: This is Open to Hope Radio featuring Dr. Gloria Horsley and her daughter, Dr. Heidi Horsley, coming to you on behalf of the Open to Hope Foundation, dedicated to those who are looking for hope after loss.
1: Welcome to the Open to Hope Show in partnership with the Compassionate Friends. I'm your host, Dr. Heidi Horsley, and I'm here today with my co-host and mom, Dr. Gloria Horsley. Hi, Mom.
2: Hi, Heidi. Well, we're going to have a guest on today that you know because I think she was one of your students, and you were telling me all the fabulous things she does to help people get centered uh, after they've had a loss. So I'm excited about this show because I love shows where there's some concrete kind of things.
1: Yes, I'm very excited to have our guest on. Her name is Victoria Grinman, and I will introduce her, but let me tell you a little bit of the backstory. Victoria was my student 10 years ago, and fast forward, I saw that she was doing this whole extensive training program for faculty and professionals throughout the New York area on Healing Through Yoga, which is what we'll be talking to her today about. And I didn't remember that it was my student, because, you know, I've been teaching 13 years and have had thousands of students. So I emailed her and said, Victoria, I'm sorry, I'm going to miss this, I'm out of town, can we get together, you know, and can you tell me what you talked about, because it's important to me. And she said, Heidi, you were my professor. And I went, oh my gosh, this is awesome. So I'm really happy to have her on. I then brought her into my class to guest lecture for my students, because she does teach at Columbia University also. And we are both part-time faculty there. We're both adjuncts. And my students loved her. And she'll be talking today to us about the things that she talked to my class about. So let me introduce her for us. Um, As I said, our topic today will be healing through yoga. Victoria Grinman is a licensed clinical social worker with many years of experience supporting children and teens. She is the owner of Growing Kind Minds. And she has a private practice that services individuals of all ages. Victoria is also a lecturer at Columbia University and is a doctoral candidate at Adelphi University. Welcome to the show, Victoria.
3: Hi. So nice to be here. How are you?
1: Good. We are so excited to have you on today. And I know I haven't asked you this before, but how did you even get interested in healing through yoga?
3: Whew. It feels like that's a huge question. Um, Well... I, when I started practicing and I was working a lot with kids um, because of you, (laughs) so many years ago, you really inspired me in in your class. Um, I love to hear this. Yeah. It's
1: it's really
2: beautiful. I love this. I love (laughs) this. Victoria? Victoria? Yes. I'm on the phone, but I don't know what happened to her.
1: So, uh, okay, so how did you get into the, into the um, topic of healing through yoga?
3: So when I was working in a school um, mm-hmm. with children, uh, a lot of the different sorts of techniques and strategies that we were using um, were really, you know, talk-oriented, talk right? Mm-hmm. Um, but the more I was working with kids, and I think I was working in that school for about, Um, almost nine years, and then before that I was, um, you know, working with children in a community organization, I just started to realize that a lot of the um, stresses and anxieties and all the things that kids were going through um, were really body-oriented, you know, Mm -hmm. um, when we were trying to talk to them, it was kind of hitting them on that kind of, like, cognitive level, but um, what was missing was that kind of experiential body-oriented approach, So through the years, just on my own, I was doing so many different kinds of, like, workshops and different, you know, um, like, CEU kind of um, trainings and things like that. Um, And when yoga and mindfulness kind of came on the scene and exploded um, a few years ago, um, I just remembered how, you know, how much yoga and mindfulness helped me in my own life through my own um, anxieties, losses, um, all sorts of different things. And I um, decided to just take on on this workshop um, that really was talking about yoga and mindfulness for kids. And through that, I became so inspired because it really spoke to me, just being able to, you know, speak to the body and and really work through that approach. And I decided that I really wanted to make it my business to integrate that kind of um, body-oriented approach into my work, that just talking or, um, you know, was really not cutting it with any of my clients um and so you know i kind of took it upon myself to put myself through a training um with an amazing trainer and um you know started to uh do the groups which was were amazing and now in my own practice i don't just work with kids i work with adults as well um i can't think of a session that goes by where i'm not integrating um, yoga and mindfulness into the work so it's just been kind of like a Uh, Do you have kids actually
2: do yoga with you while you're working?
3: Yeah, yeah. So a lot of people ask that question, actually, how how does it actually happen? Um, So, you know, it's a little bit different than being in a regular adult yoga class or a kids' yoga class, right? So it's really trauma-informed. So the lens that I use, I kind of put, like, my lens on that, the trauma lens on. And, yeah, we, you know, we sometimes um, we are doing things sitting down. Other times, depending on the need, We are um, on a mat. Um, Other times we're just on my rug. Um, And sometimes when we do mindfulness, it can really be, um, you know, practicing it through just doing different things throughout the day, like whether we go for a walk or if we're in the middle of an activity. So the the cool thing about it is that it's integrated throughout our entire process, and it's really informing the approach altogether. So it's not just something we do. um, It's something that I really integrate throughout. So yeah, I, I like the it. idea.
2: That it actually, be going for a walk could be part of this.
3: Yeah, yeah. Um, you know, and I, it's it's really about and you know mindfulness. So many times it gets a bad rap, especially for people who need it the most, um, because you think about it as something you have to do, and it's so hard, and you have to clear your mind, and you know we get this really um, association with just having to not be where we're at in the moment with mindfulness. But when we're doing anything, we can really implement mindfulness by just being in the here and now, by being just kind and curious to the moment. So, yeah, you know, even taking a walk and, um, you know, eating a salad, you know, being mindful and being in the moment um, with with what we're doing, who we're with, um, you know, what we're talking about. So, I love so the idea taste
2: and smell because yeah. I know you do aromatherapy too, and um, I've had some people tell me flower essences and things are really helpful when people are in grief.
3: What What was helpful?
1: Flowers, flower uh, essence, and different oh, various smells in yeah. aromatherapy.
3: Mm hmm. Mm-hmm. So that's another aspect. So. You know, yoga and mindfulness led me to the aromatherapy, right, because we are really getting in touch with our body and all the different sensations, all the seven senses. So um, through smell, I mean, now I, I implement aromatherapy, and I want to say 50% of my, my cases um, and different smells um, you know, elicit different sorts of feelings in our body, um, and being able to work through aroma. You know, I had a kid that I was working with who, um, was going through significant losses in his life and, um, he was moving and we decided that we were going to try the aromatherapy route. Um, and so I was, you know, in the midst of kind of co-creating this, uh, tool for him, um, which was a kind of smelling stick. And so we were blending different smells and, you know, part of the approach is really not letting them know what it is they're smelling, but just really like helping them, um, try to, you know, smell and feel where that scent is, is living in their body. And, um, you know, he smelled the scent of, um, it was a pine, It was pine, um, and to me, it's a very pungent smell, and I and I hate it. You no, know, but for him, he's just like, wow, what is that? You know, and um, you know, I asked, well, you know, does it does it strike you? He says it just makes my mind tingle, and I said, well, what you know, what is it about this smell? You know, and he says it just reminds me of this tree that my father had in the backyard, and whenever I think about that place. It just brings me back to just feeling good, you know, and just feeling like I'm home. And this was a kid who was going through a significant loss, didn't really have a home, Um, was traveling back and forth between places. And we, you know, and he used that smelling stick to help him go to sleep and would come back to me when it was you know no longer fragrant or you know and um it's just a very 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 powerful tool.
1: Well I love um, I love the idea of the sense and doing body work and and doing yoga and mindfulness because like you said oftentimes we do have somatic complaints especially children and grief does manifest in the body and I hear parents all the time say to me Hiding my child's acting out, or my child's not concentrating, or my child can't sit still. Mm. But why isn't my child grieving? And I'm like, mm. that is grief. It's different in children that it's not as verbal, oftentimes. And like you said, we can talk. Kids can talk to a certain extent, but we need to work, move our bodies. And my mom and I had a great um, guest on our show, Dr. Bessel van der Kolk, who wrote the best-selling book "The Body Keeps the Score," and he talked I about. Pardon me?
3: <laughs> my Bible.
1: Your Bible? Yes, <laughs> exactly, Victoria. You're talking about, you're, you implement in your work a lot of what he's talking about. And it is so important because trauma, our losses and our trauma gets trapped in our bodies. And we need to do the things that Victoria is talking about today. Go for walks. Smell things that, you know, elicit positive emotions in your body. Um, do the yoga. And I love the idea, like you and my mom were talking about, mindfulness is Everything you're doing, you know, it can be eating when you're eating, being very mindful of what you're doing, Um, being mindful in the moment of what you're doing, because I think where we get into trouble after the death of somebody is we are not, it's hard to stay present focused. So we start grieving for the future that we've lost and we start thinking about all the things that we'll never have again and we start regretting the past and we become very well overwhelmed oftentimes with anxiety.
3: You're right. And, you know, everything that you just said is right. And what happens a lot is we're not aware of where we're holding certain emotions in our body. But when we're talking about grief, right, and if we're talking specifically about the grief of a child, which is so unnatural because, you know, when we think about grieving our parents, right, that seems more natural maybe, so very, very difficult. But when we're grieving a child and our thinking and our state, is stuck either in the past mm-hmm. of what we could have done, what you know, what memories we had, and then our mind kind of goes towards the future that seems very dark because it feels like there is no future. We are impacted in the moment and the people around us are impacted, right? And so what happens a lot of the time is this grief Turns into all sorts of somatic, sorts of complaints of, you know, um, pain and um, guilt and anger is living in our body. So with yoga, what is really special is that it's not something we do so much as something we practice. And so, you know, what I really recommend is whether somebody's a experienced yoga practitioner or somebody's just picking it up and really, really interested in its healing effects. It's to look into something like restorative yoga Mm -hmm. where, you know, a person can place them, and, you know, we're not going to get into poses right now, but, you know, different positions where if we are feeling, you know, guilt and grief, and that's living, you know, near our heart chakra, right, near our heart center, really doing those, Heart-opening poses. If we're feeling anger, which a lot of times people really complain about, a lot of pain and tension in their abdomen or belly or their, you know, their lower back and you know this constriction. Really doing certain poses and and allowing the floor to kind of support you. That's that's the restorative aspect and allowing that energy to flow. And then in regards to the mindfulness, which you were just talking about, you know. Um, Really having self-compassion. I think a lot of the time what I hear most is this guilt and a lot of the hurting of yourself that happens, like self-criticisms and critiques about what should have been done, um, time that was lost, what could have been done differently. Um, And mindfulness really is not what's supposed to be, but really what's here and now. So, like, you are here, Um, you know, where you are may not be perfect, Um, you know, it may not be okay, but here you are. And, um, you know, I really love, um, if I can share a technique. Sure, I was going to ask you that.
1: If there's, I mean, people are listening right now and they'd like some kind of relief. And I know in our class you did some great stuff. Is there anything that people could do, like, in the here and now, right here, today?
3: Yeah, absolutely. There's so much, right? Um, I really recommend, and I, I have so many recommendations, but recommend finding um, something that is, um, you know, uh, something of a guided imagery, and through this guided imagery, whatever is relaxing, it's something called rain that I myself learned in practice. It's called rain, RAIN and for rain, right? So it stands for R, Recognize, Allow investigate a merger and what it's really about is to turn your attention whatever it is that you're doing whatever it is that you're feeling um we want so much to run away from it because we criticize it and so in this practice you turn your attention towards the grief and the suffering to to really embrace it rather than run away from it Um, Many times we think that running away from it or kind of like shoving it away or under the rug or for tomorrow um, or putting on a face is going to make things better. Um, But embracing it, right, um, is the practice. And then the key here is to really stay focused, um, not on the ruminating thoughts that are going on in the mind, because those are going to happen. And not to try to push those thoughts away about what ifs and, you know. Um, but to really allow the body to really do the work. So what does it feel like? And, you know, to ask yourself, what does it feel like in your body to feel this way today? Um, what would happen if you allowed this feeling to kind of unfold and, you know, not to kind of censor what's going on for you? Um, you know, that's what, really being in the moment, being mindful and being self-compassionate is. Um, And something that I often talk about is, and I I like asking this question because it's been asked of me, Mm -hmm. um, what would a good parent do? And what I mean by that is, you know, when all of us have a part of us that is small, right? Like the small part of us, the young, you know, vulnerable child part. Mm -hmm. And, to imagine, you know, and sometimes what I, what I ask sometimes clients to do, and I'll have them bring it into session, is a, a photograph of themselves um, when they were younger, um, when they're cute. And, you know, I'll kind of like fawn over it and, you know, how cute and vulnerable and, and small and, you know, they'll talk about themselves when they were young. And kind of to meditate with this photograph and ask yourself, what would a, what would a good parent do? Mm-hmm. Imagining your most vulnerable self and tending to that part of the self that is grieving and um, you know feeling that loss and that heaviness and that need for for support. What would you do to you know tend to that part of you? So with, to a certain extent,
1: you're up. you're parenting yourself and supporting yourself mm-hmm. and loving yourself and nurturing yourself rather than judging and being critical. Yeah. I love that idea. That's right. Because like you yeah, said, a we, great are, idea. Yeah, we are our own worst enemies often. We're, we are have foots in our back. We're very self-critical. We say things to ourselves that if, we would never say to a friend. Don't you agree with yeah. that, Mom?
2: Absolutely. And I like this idea about the picture. I've never heard any uh, uh, anybody talk about that. But it's a fabulous idea to get a picture that you love of yourself or of your family when you're younger without... Maybe the bereaved person even in the picture, just looking at yourself without that mm-hmm. history and saying, what would it, what would a good parent? Now let me see if I can parent that part of myself. Mm-hmm. I love that, that vulnerable part. It's a great idea.
1: Mm-hmm. And, and like you said, yeah. restorative yoga is very powerful. And I remember I think also in the class we talked a little bit about putting your feet on the ground sometimes you're not grounded in grief. We're so up in our heads and in our hearts and and just breathing deeply and taking your time breathing, you know, several times throughout the day deeply, I know that that changes our energy and the way that we feel.
3: Absolutely. Breathing is, you know, and I, and I say this so much, breathing is the anchor, right? That, and and we forget, you know, in any sort of yoga and mindfulness practice, you must start with the breath. Why? Because breathing is life, right? It's kind of what separates us from those that are not breathing. Mm -hmm. Um, It is life. And so many of the times, our body is magnificent. It really is. It works beautifully because when we're stressed out and we're worried and we're going through all sorts of thoughts that are really kind of hijacking our ability to be in the present moment, our breath is the first thing that goes. We hold it, right? We don't really let it let it flow. Mm-hmm. Um, and we start breathing from has- the
2: higher chest and not getting that relaxation.
3: Yeah. 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 And why, you know, our bodies do this for a reason. They do it because they're working well when they do this because it's, it's trying to, you know, conserve. And it kind of goes into this like fear mode of like something's happening. I mean, you know, the body's anxious. I'm worried. Something's happening. So we hold our breath, but mm-hmm. what we have to, you know, practice is being mindful of, of the breath and, you know, practicing, allowing it to flow. Um, and to use it to get through that challenging moment. Um, Our breath is the most important thing. And so many of the times we, you know, we bypass it, but it's really one of the most important tools in our toolbox.
1: So Victoria, thank you so much today. Where do people find you? And I know that you are the owner of Growing Kind Minds. So where can people find you?
3: Yes. So Growing Kind Minds is my private practice and also community resource. They can find me on growingkindminds.com, dot com, and um, you know I am a true and full fledged New Yorker, and I will be um, moving to Massachusetts very shortly um, because I'm getting married. So um, wow. my practice will continue there, but I'll definitely keep links um, in New York for consultations and things like that. Sick. And um, if you're a student at Boston College, I'll be teaching there come fall. Um so, you know, I'm open to uh, anybody writing, anybody needing support or help, and I'll stay in touch with you.
1: That's very exciting. And you are very gifted at what you do. And thank you so much for being on our show today and giving people alternatives to talk therapy. Thanks a lot, Victoria.
2: Thank you, Victoria. Thank you so much. It's great to have you on the show. And I just wanted to say to people listening to the show, I've been doing yoga for many years, and I know Heidi hasn't. I'd have to suggest to you, find yourself a beginning yoga class. Absolutely. are all over in your neighborhood. Find somebody, a, a, an introduction to yoga. If you haven't done it before, if you've done it before, get yourself signed up. But um, find a class that will help you out.
1: Yeah, I, I would totally agree with that. And like Victoria said, um, Doing, doing restorative yoga is really incredible on the body and you do not have to be a yogi you do not have to have ever gone to a yoga class to do restorative yoga so thank you out there and my mom and I always say if you've lost hope please lean on ours and God bless
0: you've been listening to Open to Hope Radio